start with you, Parv. You have labeled yourself as a flirt. You're probably the most masterful person in the history of Survivor to play the flirt card, which is great. My question to you is, how does that resonate for you in the bedroom? How do you take that to the next level as far as strategy in the game? How does that translate your layers of being? Hold on, guys. Look, Poverty, do you know what she's asking? Um, your flirt. You flirted with me on several occasions. Not complaining. You're sexy. Thanks. <laughs> so, how does being the flirt parallel to your intimate life? Welcome once again to the Bitter Jurors podcast. As always, I am Derek Reining, and uh, I am joined with my uh, handsome co-host. Sam Stanish, here yeah. as always. Uh, uh my co-host is very handsome as well. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't fishing, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and this week we are joined by a special guest, and he will introduce himself now. <laughs> ah, yes, it's me, uh, Matt, one of the many hundreds of Matts that exist in the world. <laughs> Matt Ligori, excellent uh, Big Brother live feed update correspondent. Uh, he podcasts on, Rob has a podcast a lot. He's a really good friend of mine, uh, Matt Ligori. He's a genius. Uh, <laughs> I, I was thrilled to vote for him in a recent game of Big Brother, and uh, he's a great friend. Nice. I'm, I'm so sad that uh, Know-It-Alls is about to be canceled and we can't play again. I feel like I have a title to defend, and uh, that won't happen. Yeah, I, I got know. close. I got close. That was that was a lot of fun, and I don't know if Kirsten would say the same, but yeah. that, was, oh. uh, that was a good game. Drama. Yeah, that's why we couldn't have them on, on, on the same episode. They're still not talking after uh, Kirsten lost uh, Big Brother. That's the spirit of the bitter jurors. We love that. <laughs> Yeah, Guys, it's it's so funny that you named this podcast bitter. Ju- I mean, like, I, I just love it. Um, I've always said that I would be a bitter juror, like a hundred percent, on whatever show it was. So I uh, I feel right at home. I've Good. also said that. Uh, I've I mean, in the two games of Big Brother I've participated in, I cast <laughs> a very bitter vote and um, a less bitter vote. But you really buttered me up in my jury questioning. So I guess that's neither here nor there. It's so like, you were a buttered juror. <laughs> exactly. Um, we, I mean, underreported story, we were thinking about being the Robbed Goddess podcast, which I also thought was good, but I like bitter jurors a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the the name of your fan base, which of course I'm in, uh, included with, but uh, it's, it's great. And <laughs> that was uh, some amazing quick thinking. Love being a bitter Judy. There you go. Sam's got that big brain. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with Alicia Holden. Yes, <laughs> a, mental, a mental giant. <laughs> um, so, fellow buddies, do we want to get into the buddy system on steroids? Got AKA, it. why did they name this episode that when I think we can all agree Michelle deserved to name <laughs> this episode? That's true. But I mean, the most, like, the scene that stands out the most really was the buddy system scene where it's just like, whoa, like they just sat down all afternoon waiting around. It really is the buddy system on steroids, Sarah. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did Sarah say it? She did, yes. 
I, I'm really liking um, the beginning of these episodes with someone going around the camp saying what day it is. This one started with day 12, ladies, another <laughs> day of winners at war. Sandra just keeping them updated on where we're at. Last oh, yeah. at last episode was Yule, day 10 hugs. Mm-hmm. I love this. Yeah, they just can't believe it. They can't. Uh, they, they can't believe that they've made early Sandra. Like, come on, <laughs> she's on day twelve. That's that's pretty crazy. It she's is a third of the way through the game. It is. Yeah, look at her go. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get too far, I want to point out that um, on the CBS app, the thumbnail for this episode is like an image of Natalie Anderson and Amber, even though Edge of Extinction oh. is not in this episode at all. <laughs> good for them. Yeah. Yeah, good for CBS for. Not including the Edge of Extinction in this episode. Yeah, and I I don't remember who pointed it out on Twitter, but uh, pretty incredible that the guy who was, like, one of the biggest uh, campaigners for, like, getting rid of Edge of Extinction, uh, Josh Wiggler, had his birthday yesterday, and that exact episode had no Edge of Extinction in the entire thing. Uh, pretty incredible. Wow. That's true. Nice. And Sophie said she uh, would have a wiggly feeling uh, at Tribal. She did. So, I don't know. <laughs> It's no probe saying very little wiggle room or Zeke (laughs) actually saying Josh Wiggler on the show, but I mean, it's as close as you can get at this point. Yeah. Right. He gives us that wiggly feeling too. (laughs) Um, So we start this episode with me um, like sobbing like three minutes in, like um, very emotional stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike last week, I will not be poo-pooing anyone who <laughs> w- who this struck an emotional chord with. Uh, very understanding <laughs> to be <laughs> emotional and upset during this sequence. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on Jonathan Penner's story being told, his wife's story being told on this week's episode? Did you guys have the ALS Ride for Life come by your schools? Oh. Oh, Sam didn't have anything normal happen at his high school. I don't think I did either. No, neither of you? Okay. Um, it was, um, I, uh, his name is slipping my mind right now, but um, he, it was a guy who had ALS and it was like the walk was like from, uh, I guess him, his family, his supporters, uh, whatever the case was, it was a while ago. Uh, I'm really old uh, at the age of 25 right now. I've been out of high school so long. Uh, You're but, younger than both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm still 25 for another week. Oh, all pretty close. Yeah, so it was just a walk that benefited ALS. So um, I've like known of ALS, and it's like been more relevant, I guess, in my life than I would have expected it to, just because of like that. It, you know, nobody that I know had it or anything like that, luckily. But um, so I've known about it for a while, and the guy who had it was always on the walks. He was in his wheelchair, so he would be in these. Uh, like he would come to the auditorium, and he was able to speak. Of course, not as well as uh, you know you would like but he was able to speak um and he would talk about his experience and all the stuff that uh you know he wasn't able to do because he has this and you know of course it was all about raising awareness and money so um it was nice to see it you know talked about on such a big show here and all that stuff and uh sam you obviously know i was talking about this yesterday uh to you in one of our chats about how uh, my mom actually has a connection to jonathan penner's wife where 
um, they went to high school together and they, uh, I don't think that they were friends or anything like that. It sounds like, um, she, they knew of, or she knew of her, of course. And I think she was like, uh, their class president is what she was saying. So, um, this goes back like years ago. My mom would always talk about like, oh yeah, like Jonathan Penner got married to somebody I went to high school with. And it was so sad to just, as you know, time went on to hear the, uh, how this developed and, uh, to see it on screen last night was like you said, very, a uh, big tearjerker. And, uh, it was cool to see social media today and, and how all these people are coming to, uh, support the cause yeah right. i was really not expecting it i uh i didn't watch live so i guess i found out about it before i watched the episode but i didn't really see it coming that like jonathan penner was going to be talked about very much but i i mean i like that yule is on the show to like he really takes on these social causes uh when yeah. he goes on survivor which is good of him very forward thinking and like uh I don't know he's a nice guy altruistic pretty, yes pretty nice. yeah um but yeah that was good um so i think that might be a record in terms of making me cry um but as we established it's not hard so <laughs> <laughs> uh so i guess uh anything else you want to say about that before we head on to the swap i'll, I'll challenge you to a cry off any day when it comes to <laughs> watching survivor or big brother they both the second they they flip that switch that they're trying to target you with the, with the tears uh, they get me Yep, same here. I love that. Even Big Brother. I don't know. I don't. I can't. I just don't know if I can think of a moment on Big Brother where I'm like any single time that a family member comes on a video or like they walk okay. into the house on Big Brother Canada. You know that happens once in a while. I'm done. I, I lose it within seconds. <laughs> so agreed. Family visits. Yep. Even when you think that they're not going to be a good family visit, because Probst is like in Probst talk show mode, and uh, they still get you. Sometimes. You're two brothers, <laughs> and I definitely understand what friendships <laughs> are like. Uh, what's, what's it like, it like sister? You're having your brother out here on the island. <laughs> Do you want to give him a noogie? It's like, no, we're both. <laughs> 30s lawyers <laughs> talk about, like really quick i don't know if this is gonna come up the rest of the podcast like the family visit for robin amber obviously everybody gets their loved one like what is that gonna be with just all the kids coming out on extinction it probably is gonna be all all of them right like yeah although like they're pretty young at least the like youngest of them i think right i think I don't know how young uh, they are but I, either way they'll all be there i don't care yeah. if one of them is like two years old it'll be there <laughs> Yes, a bunch of little mini Ambers. And it'll be it's convenient for production that both Amber and Rob are likely going to be in the same place because then they won't have to take the kids from <laughs> one family visit <laughs> or split up the kids. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That are would they be terrible. make them climb up the freaking mountain or something? Like, they got I don't know. That'd be good TV to like probes like kneels down and is like, "Okay, girls, you each have to pick which of your parents you love more." <laughs> uh. I hope Nadia is there with them, and Nadia has like been babysitting for the past week. <laughs> Nadia has her own baby to take care of. Well, somebody's got to be Natalie's loved one, and uh, I'm and, sure Nadia will be there. Yeah. So, um, okay, so uh, shall shall we swap, boys? Shall we drop yeah. our bets? Very excited. As I as I've said, I think this is a great amount of time to wait for a swap. I it's like you know even four is. Uh, pushing it these days, it seems. Mm -hmm. So that we got through five eliminations without a swap was exciting for me. It was. <laughs> I think for all of us. Um, it was, but I was ready for the swap, like, like hardcore. I was like, I, I needed some kind of change. Just the story on Dakal got pretty, you know, stuck. It was, nothing was happening there. It was yeah. that alliance against the outsiders. And then 
uh, over on Sele, which the, uh, is it Sele or Sele? Like they were saying it so weird this episode. I think it's Sele. I think it's blue. <laughs> it's blue, yes. Uh, it, it was just the same, you know, both both of them were getting a little tiring, so good time for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, and these are great tribes. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's uh, Blue Tribe is four people I love, plus Nick. Uh, <laughs> Red Tribe was five people I, like, enjoy to varying degrees. And then it's Sophie and some other people. <laughs> Sophie, and the, Sophie and her legion. Yes. <laughs> um, I liked uh, when they got to the swap, Ben is on the mat saying, stay blue, stay blue, blue no <laughs> matter who. I'm pretty sure he says, stay blue, stay true. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, and then Wendell calls them blue goons. <laughs> didn't hear that part. Yes. Lots of uh, people just love saying blue, I guess. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, these these tribes are uh, incredible. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I was very upset that the blue tribe had Nick on it because, uh, like, I, I completely feel like otherwise that would be my new favorite tribe in Survivor history. Um, <laughs> right. But I guess if it can't be that, it might be the red tribe. Yeah, red tribe is super stacked. It's like if you swap to Nick with, like, Adam, then that blue tribe is, like, four amazing people and, like, one, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> But instead, it's like four amazing and one. So, in yeah. my writing down of who was on each tribe, I wrote Wendell twice instead of Michelle once. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's it's off brand, but I had to unacceptable before my uh, Gmail draft got leaked to the public. <laughs> Please edit that out of the podcast. That's just unacceptable. <laughs> this I don't know if this is edgic, but like heel turn for what uh, Wendell Holland. Was that, uh, was that yeah. what I saw? They got some... It was, like, really dramatic music when he and Michelle were, like, uh, hashing it out. Yeah, and I think, yeah, we were pretty clearly supposed to be on Michelle's side, which we I, always are regardless. So. <laughs> and the Parvati stuff, too, when she was like, uh, uh, tell me about yourself. <laughs> and within seconds, she's like, uh, okay, so you're not going to tell me anything. Right, so well, the best, really part of that, the best part of that tell me about yourself thing is she's like, Wendell, like, what's your story? I don't know anything about you, like, except that you build furniture. And he goes, I'm a builder. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, she literally, like, pivots in place to someone else. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is incredible. Um, In this swap, like, at the swap meeting, I I just don't understand. How can Jeff still not understand how to pronounce her name? Like, he started saying poverty in her first season, but that was, like, 15 years ago, and now he's still saying poverty. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that extra R in there. Uh, if you check I... out, there was an R before the V, but he forgot to drop <laughs> the one after the V. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, you know. From uh, It's a thing. I don't know where all it's a thing, but definitely, like, members of my f- uh, family will pronounce uh, an extra R in, like, wash. So they'll say warsh. Yeah. yeah, so maybe it's, like, that kind of situation for Jeff. Big oh. my grandpa energy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, like, while we're on the Blue Tribe, uh, Parvati not knowing Yule's wife's name, like... Yeah. How do you guys not know each other that well? Like you. Yeah, that was shocking. I feel like everyone going in was like, "Well, you will probably know Parvati a little, right?" And it was like, "Oh, never mind. They just did I... not keep in touch at all." Yeah, that that was something. That's yeah. true. But like as we all said, like 
how much has Yule really been involved or around at all since then. Like, I don't know how many people in the Survivor community would have known his wife's name. Right. Well, um, was... Other than Jonathan Penner. Right. Uh, Did he say his wife's name is Sophie? Yes. So maybe he was doing, like, a bit, and it was like, he was, haha, Sophie Clark (laughs) is my wife or something. Island wife. Yeah. Maybe that's what was going on there. Um... At the swap meeting, Jeff goes through the tribes and asks one person on each of the tribes, uh, like, how they feel about the swap or whatever. And he asks Wendell, like, how he's feeling. He's like, I like that the call has the numbers, uh, <laughs> but we're strong, so we might be able to win out. Uh, right. Boring content, as always. <laughs> uh, and then Sandra says the same thing, but, like, in a funny way. <laughs> she's like, Compelling. I like that we have the numbers, and then she's like, I mean, actually, I don't, like, I'm not really thinking about it like that or whatever. She, like, plays coy. And then Sophie's like, I'm not focused on that. We have to build the shelter. We're those screwed tribe. Like, she deflects. Uh, she's yes. a genius. She's a queen. She knows exactly what to do when Jeff asks her a question just to smack him in the face. Yes. I love it. Always be confrontational with Jeff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You really want Jeff on, you really want to be on Jeff's bad side because that's when the gays start to stand. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, let's see, I guess, uh, who do we check in with first? Is it Blue It is track? the call. Tr- it is oh, Red. Yeah. New Red. The Red, the red peeps. Oh, yeah, because uh, Jeff, because uh, Jeremy makes, like, a Jefferson's reference or something. Moving on up. He, <laughs> Jeremy has some, some weird... And he requests a big, tall beer of information. Beer of information to quench his thirst for knowledge. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> I like this. I like this segment. Uh, it, I mean, it played out pretty much exactly how I would have expected. Looking at who was on the tribe, uh, with Tony and Sandra trying to get Kim, and then Denise and Jeremy also trying to get Kim. Right. Just, just having Kim Spradlin and Denise Stapley interact and potentially be aligning and working together and just like finding comfort in each other. Like Denise has been stuck with like the biggest buffoons for the past <laughs> X amount of days. And now, you know, Kim has obviously been on the bottom. She's been struggling to find anybody to work with. So if they can make this into something at all, which I feel like they want to, uh, I, I have no reason to believe why Kim would actually want to stay with Tony and Sandra at this point. So right. if we can actually go through with this, like, please, like this is exactly what I need and want to see. Right. I, I completely agree. I thought that the Denise and Kim scene was kind of like awkward in their conversation i didn't i mean it was like denise was like saying a sentence and then kim like cut her off and was like yeah exactly i also want to do that like i couldn't tell if they were just like so on the same page already and like maybe they have interacted before in the past and they've just been like waiting to get together but it seemed like kim was just like talking over her but i would i mean obviously we've been pounding the drum for kim sophie denise since like they played uh so <laughs> i hope that it's actually true and i know that it's not i mean i understand that tony and sandra i also want them to go further but if kim and jeremy and denise had to team up or kim sandra and sophie if kim sandra and tony had to team up i don't know which i would rather see i mean i just want what's uh, best for kim spradlin right there's no good outcome for, for the next time these people go to tribal council. Like, there's absolutely nothing good that, that can come from it. Right. I think uh, they didn't talk about it, but Jeremy was also at the infamous poker table. He was. So, like, I feel like that hopefully will factor in. I feel like maybe Kim is leaning more towards Jeremy and Denise, like, more so than even we have seen, but I might be wrong there. 
Well, well let's think... let's let's ask the tough questions. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, like, if you had to pick one person that gets voted out from that tribe, who are you going with? Tony. Tony. Yeah? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Tony's been fun, but he can be fun on Edge, too. <laughs> I may go Jeremy. Yeah, that would be my second pick. Yeah, but then who is Nelly going to, like, shower with gifts every episode? It hasn't happened in a while, so... I need all the gifts at this point to go to Parvati. Right. I feel like they would go... Maybe it'll... Maybe I do want Jeremy to go, because it's like Jeremy had a big relationship with Michelle, so maybe Natalie and Jeremy will just be, like, throwing everything in Misha's way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> let's just keep let's just keep hoping and praying that all goes right for michelle fitzgerald and it will <laughs> we speak that into existence um and once again on the they, i don't know who it is but someone on the red tribe keeps like championing this idea of teamwork makes the dream work i think it's sandra who just keeps saying that i didn't hear that i didn't make a note of that yeah she said it before when they were like building a shelter or something and now when they were like cooking up kim's eel she said teamwork makes the dream work, which, what a voluptuous eel. Kim got it with her, like, bare hands, essentially. <laughs> one of the slipperiest animals in the sea. Yeah, one of the biggest, meanest uh, enemies in Super Mario 64. Uh, one of the worst uh, Disney villain goons. <laughs> yes. Um I liked Tony. I mean, to keep on with uh, Disney metaphors, yeah. Tony's lions and hyenas metaphor was interesting. And I mean, it's basically just talking about big threats versus little threats. And if the big threats go after each other, then the little threats will just take power. But it was a fun way to talk about it. Yeah, using furry animals, which is <laughs> always fun. It's just like if Tyson's watching this episode at home, you just know he's <laughs> screaming at his television. Because he tried to say the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like he tried to get that point across last week, and it didn't work. And uh, now he's over on the edge. And uh, now Tony wants to save the big threats. Well, maybe if he talked about hyenas, anyone, well, someone would listen. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a more compelling argument. Matt, how did you feel about that? Where Tyson was basically saying he's a threat equal to <laughs> Tony and Sandra. I feel like it's. I mean, he's lying there, right? But like, just like <laughs> to, to play up there, like like potentially be a shield for them but like it's just like not true i guess the just the point being that like even though he is like like i guess his connection to rob just makes him that threat that everyone was looking at him uh in terms of like having some kind of power in the game because he's associated with rob whatever it was um but i i think he had a point that obviously these one-time players are something to look out for they're, they're a pretty strong coalition and uh no one's looking at them and when is anyone going to look at them if not now like that's the goal at the beginning of the season was uh, all these big threats said we have to stick together with each other. And even if Tyson may not be as big of a threat, like he could easily put himself in that category more than any of the other four. He's definitely big threat adjacent, both in his relationships and like people being worried about him. But he was voted out, so we can move on. <laughs> right. Um, Next, so... we stop at the Blue Tribe. Oh, my God. Uh, this was... we get fallout from Michelle and Wendell. <laughs> Yeah, this was amazing. Like, uh, talk about this like season just like providing in ways we never could have imagined. Like, wow, <laughs> this was just amazing to watch. Matt, were you aware of Michelle Wendell rumors uh, pre this last week's preview? Yeah, are there people that weren't? I don't know. I'm just asking. 
No, seriously, <laughs> like it's surprising that like uh, the answer is yes to that question, but like I I was surprised that people were like completely surprised or blindsided about that having happened. I guess it wasn't you know the most out there thing, but they hung out a lot and they were together a lot. And I don't know, maybe just if you don't follow them on social media, uh, you wouldn't have known. Like my mom who asked me the second that that promo aired last week, but um, no, uh, definitely knew about that. Yeah, I think if you're not, like, in the Survivor world to, like, the extent we are, you probably had no idea. Yeah, if you're not as nerdy as we are. Right. I would reuse the word sad. Sad is what we are. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, well, I just, like, never even thought about it as a possibility of coming up on the show. Like, I knew about it or, like, knew as much as anyone did, but I think it's funny that, like, it's confirmed within the canon of the show it's, now. Yeah. It's canon and it is very dramatic. Like, yeah, that was so uncomfortable. Like beyond what I was expecting. Like the scene where it's like Michelle's like chopping at some like coconut or something, and Whittle just comes up and is immediately like, just I don't know. It felt almost like a cut scene from Midsummer where it was like this is a cartoonishly bad boyfriend <laughs> talking to this woman, and Michelle doesn't feel at home with him. Yeah, Michelle is like, Michelle, I don't even, she's like, is this going to be awkward? Like, what, like, can we talk or something? And Wendell's like, what, I'm supposed to come up and talk to you, like, on Ugh. day one, day one that we're on this beach? It's, there, there's four other people to talk to. How are you not going to speak to her? Yeah. But her reaction to that was just, like, that entire, like, 30 seconds of that, at the end of that interaction. Like, I don't even want to try to, like, imitate it. It was just, like, peak, like... New York, New Jersey reaction from Michelle. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Just the way she responded to him, like, okay, like I don't know what you're asking for here. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, just enough. Like I, I don't care. Right. Um, love that from her. Yes, <laughs> it was amazing to watch. And we then also, we get. Oh yeah, you go. What did you? What were you? Well, doing? I was just gonna say, Parv and Mish give us something to drool over, as, <laughs> as Parvati says. <laughs> And it took us so long to get here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we finally arrived, but it, I, you know, preseason saw they were on a tribe together. Uh, Might have put out at least seven tweets saying, I need Michelle and Parvati to end up working together at some point. Um, they finally seem to be, and of course, maybe they're out of the numbers. So hate that, but love that we got at least, at, like, if nothing else, we got this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they, Mich- who is it? Yeah, Wendell and Yule and Nick, do seem pretty close and tight and they were part of that like three group together on the first tribe but i mean it did seem like all of the men immediately wanted their attention and like wanted to <laughs> like in to like ingratiate themselves with them so they're at least like better at getting all together than i think the other two tribes are where the other ones are kind of at each other's necks in this episode but nick i mean we got that payoff from nick talking about oh his high gosh. school crush on parvati yeah can we talk uh, about him straight up lying to her <laughs> he I, says he frames uh this like when he told jeff and the audience that he had a crush on parvati he frames it as oh you know everyone was talking about it like everyone was asking who is your survivor crush no one brought up their survivor crush before you did nick you freak (laughs) also like he's like this is it was just a bad way to frame his own conversation where he was like talking about his high school crush it's like obviously parvati doesn't want to think about how much older she is than he yeah uh and just and i love that parvati basically got to narrate this entire tribe like the entire segment she was like that was so awkward (laughs) (laughs) literally every interaction was awkward (laughs) god 
but I'm just happy to have Parvati confessionals because it feels like we were being robbed of them for the first few episodes. I literally said uh, a couple days ago, I was like, I don't know, like, like I don't I, at this point, vote her out or just give her confessionals. Like if she's going sometime soon, that's fine if that's what has to happen. But give me something, give her, give me more of her on my screen. I, I can't take much more of this. So, right. We um, well. so Matt, I'm going to ask you the hard question. Uh, if someone on, if you had to vote someone on this tribe out, who would it be? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Nick Wilson's right there. <laughs> I don't know. Wendell made a pretty compelling case for himself, but yeah, I'm also right there with you, Nick. Nick, can but leave. if we if we want to make this like a uh, activity beyond that, um, you know, obviously Nick would be the answer. But out of that four, um, it's obviously one of the guys, and I'm torn. Actually, no. I, how do I say Yule after that episode? It's it's. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty clear boot order for me for this drive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Agree. Being the third in line. Yeah. It's Nick, Wendell, Yule, and then Parvati and uh, Michelle, Fine Malcolm, and Denise their way to the end. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's the whole, that's the whole scene. Uh, what did you? What did Matt? What did you think about? I don't know. Just like it was. It was basically Love Island, where like it was Parvati <laughs> and Nick, Michelle and Wendell. Uh, and you were talking about his wife. It was all just about the various romantic entanglements. Yeah, no, I hate the idea that you just grouped Parvati and Nick together as like a Love Island <laughs> couple and uh, want to erase that from any kind of history that it might be going into. But she was his high school crush. <laughs> she was uh, probably all three of our high school crushes at, at one point or another. Uh, or uh, maybe I'm just being myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we're recent uh, additions to the Survivor fan base. Um. And also, I... <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> say it. I don't know what you're going to say. Well, I'm, I'm a gay. I don't know. She wasn't my high school crush. Yeah. There's a lot of mitigating factors, not yeah. least of which we weren't watching the show. Well, yeah. yeah, no, I get that. But, like, I feel like in middle school, a lot of guys just t- or gay guys tend to think you still have crushes on girls. So I don't know. That's uh, you sure. don't know me. I would literally I literally refused to dance with girls in middle school because I just couldn't handle the idea of being that close to a girl <laughs> well now i know more about you than parvati does about wendell not to say i would deny parvati a middle school dance ever <laughs> yeah. like i would it. love to go to prom with parvati yes um so uh, oh and of course we get what should have been the episode title new season who dis like <laughs> what were they thinking like yeah. that was just like handed to them on a silver platter and they were like no thanks michelle's confessional look in this segment was uh, great she's the raped thing the, the pants uh she's a queen yep love it and uh shall we move on to the new blue the blue goons is no wait that those were the blue goons we're, we're on, on to green. green the green goons this tribe is um, fine <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah this was a tough one but I, they ended up being a fun watch at least I like that Sophie gets to be the main character. Yeah. And I like that uh, the boys, like, just freely were telling uh, the girls exactly how their last few tribal councils went and who was on whose side. 
Yeah, that was that was an amazing like sequence of events. Those scenes, like, and my my brain, I guess, as a Survivor fan, works in the same way as uh, never would have said this sentence or thought I would have said this. But Max Dawson, uh, he, he was at the uh, at the Know It Alls last night, the live show that they did, and he was talking about how uh, that one sequence of events was like five funny one fifteen entries, and that's exactly what I thought when I was watching this. It's just uh, like this was perfect Survivor comedy, uh, you know. Uh, I, I don't know if casuals picked up on like how incredible this all was together, but just these three guys like fumbling through the explanations of what just happened and then separately going to, uh, you know, Sophie and Sarah talking about their relationships with the guys and, and what's going on and just being completely disorganized was incredible. And I love that being directly up against a scene where they're all they're walking through the woods and Rob asks them, did anyone find the idol on your tribe? And Sarah and Sophie say in unison, not that we know of. They're like in perfect <laughs> lockstep, like get ready to dismantle the, the like, majority there again. Yeah, that was good. The tribe of understated comedy. Yes. Um, and uh, let's yes, yeah, Sophie describes well, wait, as. Wait. Oh, sorry. I was just going to uh, give a shout out to Sophie's cracks up the wazoo, uh, which was a good line. Yes. A lot of cracks in this episode. Matt, what were some of the specific like things that you, the funny moments you were talking about? Just the fact that they were all fumbling over their words while trying to, you know, explain what was going on. And, and you know, oh, each, each one had a different story to tell them. And uh, that scene at the well where they were all like, oh, you tell him. I don't want to tell him. No, you tell him. This is complicated. So I was out of the vote. He was out of the vote. She was out of the vote. We, uh, we didn't really know what was going on. I voted for him. Yeah, Rob, yeah. Being like, Rob and Adam being like, we hate each other. <laughs> I think this is probably the worst trio of guys that could have ended up from that tribe together. Like, I mean, they even say that themselves. Like, and this, this is the worst combination of us there could have been. And, like, looking back, they set up this story so well from, like, the first however many episodes of, like, these guys fumbling over each other, like, like not being any kind of coordinated in terms of, like, cohesive gameplay with each other. Uh, there was obviously the first episode with Ben and Rob and all that, uh, you know, where Ben was revealing all of his secrets and then the Adam stuff started to come in and none of these three ever had trust in each other. So the fact that the editors put that together so well uh, that this episode landed perfectly was uh, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they talked all about how they were getting rid of Tyson to go into a swap as a unified group. And I mean, for the most part, that holds true. Like, Wendell, Nick, and Yule are supposedly going to, like, stick together. That's, like, what we're told in this episode anyway. And then Sophie and Sarah are in lockstep. And I think that the only person where that that's not true is, like, Kim feels on the out still, uh, which I guess is probably unavoidable since the way that the game played out on that tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, Sophie finds an idol. Hallelujah, girl freaking power, as Sarah says. <laughs> I always knew she could do it. Yeah. And uh, who was it? Uh, who was it on Twitter that uh, pointed out the fact that it's been Denise, Kim, and Sophie who have found these idols in a row? Pretty magical stuff. That I'm trio. Just, I'm just happy that Kim has her full idol back. I. Uh... Yeah. Really appreciate that from Sophie G. Clark. And now that she, now Sophie has her own idol, so uh, we're all idled up. This is great. I'm glad we're getting like episodes later updates on what happened with the idol we found. I know. She, I guess she, you know, she was making it sound like she gave it back right before. 
they went to the swap. Like, I guess they were anticipating a swap was probably coming. Uh, so she must have given it back right then. But I imagine like Sophie being, I don't know if like petty is the right word, but like petty enough to uh, hold on to that half of the idol and not give it back to Kim just because they weren't aligned together. That, <laughs> that would have been a big time uh, diss to Kim. Right. Then she'd be playing like a criminal. <laughs> First uh, she played like a pre-med student and now <laughs> she's going to play like a consultant. <laughs> Um, yeah, I hope that this trio, uh, Sophie, Denise, and Kim, hopefully maybe they'll make merge and then they'll like swap halves of idols like a like a <laughs> friendship bracelet or something. That'd be so cute. The three amigas. Yes. But this was a great episode for Sophie. She obviously, you know, mm-hmm. got every step of the way. She called her shot early on. Uh, she said to Adam, I have no interest in playing this game with Rob. And she followed through. And, you know, <laughs> she's, I, I loved I love the self-awareness that they're showing on this season where uh, people like Adam earlier on were saying, like, I know that this looks stupid to you at home, which it pretty much was. Uh, <laughs> but then this episode where Sophie's saying, like, I know that 20 days ago I would have been wanting to punch myself in the face if I knew that this was a strategy that I was going with, just trusting winks and nods. But uh, when you're out here, you kind of have to go with it. And it seems that she was correct because uh, those winks and nods did mean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that from hers too, where she was like, this is not at all how I expect to play this game, but that's just what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that they didn't play, you know, any of the advantages, you knew uh, they, they felt pretty confident, which is to be expected because why would you not vote out Rob there? And uh, why would those three stick together in any circumstance? So, mm-hmm. Especially after landing on the beach and immediately saying to them basically that they're not going to stick together. (laughs) God. Like, what in the past uh, 12 days of the game would have given you any indication these three can move forward in the game together? Uh, Not much. No. I mean, they've all had individual bad interactions with one another that we've (laughs) seen. And that's just, like, what we've seen. But clearly there's that was just not a good group for them. um, And I'm... I'm excited that, I mean, they were going for Sarah anyway, so I guess it really, <laughs> from, from my own personal uh, opinions on the episode, but I am glad that Sophie's on top, yeah. as she should be. And I, I know you guys are not uh, famously Boston Rob guys, or maybe that's just what I have in my head. Um, I am a, no, a noted Boston Rob guy, being an All-Stars guy. Uh, so coming into the season, rooting for him and whatnot. But I guess uh, where I landed was, all right, uh, five episodes or whatever it was, was enough. I get it. We got the story of him. And I'm glad he's out of the game before we can have him turn from an 85-year-old man into like a 95-year-old man within the next couple of episodes because that uh, aging has not hit him well. And I don't mean physically. I don't mean any anything like uh, the way he looks or anything like He's just slowed down uh, everything he says, like his thought process. Like he even talks so much slower. I'm just worried about him. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Somebody I'm, please check on Boston Rob. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to get much better eating less than half a cup of rice every day for the next uh, 27 days. Or no, whatever. Up those damn stairs. <laughs> you, you underestimate the power of love. That's true. They're going to. That's like a severe it's what good advantage. At. Oh, yeah. They found something they're good at. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. I'm, I'm, you, your standship of Boston Rob has been cited on this very podcast before. Mm. I, you, I mean, I was not a huge Boston Rob fan for years before becoming friends with you. Uh, and it, just like being around you has made me appreciate it more. Oh, I uh-huh. love that. But uh, I mean, 
even after it's he's like got to be one of if not the toughest person to like rate them as a player because obviously he has skills that he's implemented in seasons where he's done well but you can't ignore the fact that he has gone pre pre merge uh three times now and that the gameplay he you know showed in this season really wasn't any kind of impressive the fact that he stayed stuck around this long is only because he's boston rob and only because uh people wanted him as a bigger shield to a certain extent so you know nothing that i saw this season made me any higher on him as a player i would say right plus yeah it's funny to think about if this were a normal season he would have gone pre-jury again like this would (laughs) he still would Mm -hmm. have never been on the jury yep yeah i i mean I just can't imagine how could this have been his play in this round. Like it's I just so don't lazy. understand. It just it it doesn't make any sense. Especially, yeah. I mean, we're kind of skipping over the challenge here, which I, I in my notes it says challenge, and then it says post challenge. I didn't really <laughs> write anything. Out. It seemed it was a pretty basic challenge, but like he knows that there's he's gonna have to give a confessional he's gonna have to leave the camp and leave the the four of them alone at some point yeah so like what is the idea behind trying to do this godfather thing with people who are not threatened by you yeah actively want to work against you yeah why would he not like try to go over to sophie and sarah and be like hey let's vote out one of these other two (laughs) like yeah it was a very bizarre choice it's one thing to maybe like stick around in the camp area like not go off too far or anything like that but the fact that they stayed inside this little hut uh, like they they did not <laughs> like escape this episode. four by four box where they just they, they didn't get out of it like nobody walked to the water like they all just were completely on top of each other and uh i don't know if that was editing or what but it did not seem like anybody had any intentions of moving so that was right i yeah they, i i loved their handshake at the water well where they're like I will not vote for you. I will not vote for you. They all went around in a circle and shook everyone else's hand. And ju- it's just like, why? This is like, it's just pageantry. It's yeah. it <laughs> That means nothing. It's meaningless. It is. Yeah. Uh, my, my note from the challenge, if we are going to pass that over, was just the fact that Sophie and Boston Rob, the noted puzzle people, uh, were not able, were, were on the tribe that was not able to pull off this uh, technically four piece puzzle, I guess. You could yeah. Call it, so. <laughs> um. I also, my note for this was uh, every time I see a net um, on any challenge, my first thought is always, of course, of Courtney Moon and her shattered oh, wrist. No. So every time I see a net, I just clinch up. <laughs> <laughs> One of the iconic hats of Survivor. Yes. Oh, but so, also, um, Michelle also calls people babes. Oh, love that. So, which love I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it Come happened on, like two or three times in the episode and uh, loved it every yes. time. Harvey and Wendell are her babes. They are. I hope to be called a babe by Michelle at some point in life. Ew. I, I definitely like almost tweeted that exact sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and then didn't. But yeah. And uh, look at Sandra participating in a challenge before obviously next week she will be back on her bench. Uh, but <laughs> look at her go. So yes. next episode, like when she sits out the next time, she'll be she'll pass Courtney, right? I think she already did. Oh, I thought she tied it, or did she pass her? I have I a remember. I have a memory of Rob Sesternino saying on a recent podcast that she passed it, but uh, I uh, trust uh, Rob. Gotta trust Rob most of the time. Oh, <laughs> that's not starting any yeah. pod feuds. 
I I I I love uh I love the challenge. It, the puzzle is deceptively difficult. It looked like I love was... these. They've done this before, but it's been a long time since they've done yeah. the whole like no two si- like no side could have the same color on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like those ones. They're always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. End of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Can't disagree. Thought Rob uh, Boston Rob might actually break a bone while he was tumbling down that yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that net that was a little scary these but. boys the, it's in their older age um my review of that challenge acceptable yes well done a, a good it didn't bring down an already excellent episode so that's all you can ask of a challenge um then so we move on into the buddy system on steroids um yeah what I want to talk about most of all about this whole segment is the fact that mint Oreos, they're pretty good, but they're definitely not the best Oreo. Like Who said that uh, they were talking. I think it was like um, Boston Rob was like, "Have you ever had mint Oreos?" Like in us, like with awe in his voice, it was pretty adorable. <laughs> but um, as we all know, the best Oreos are the birthday cake ones, and specifically the ones that have the vanilla cookies and not the chocolate ones. I've always been double stuff, Matt. Where do you think? Where you come down? Um, I don't know. I'm just not not a very big Oreo guy, so I don't have a super strong take on yeah. it. But um, double stuff. If I feel like if I did regularly eat Oreos, I would be a double stuffed guy. You're not a dunker of Oreos, as Ben calls it. That's the exact phrasing he uses. Listen, if that's what it takes to bond with Ben, then uh, I'm glad I'm not a Oreo guy. A dunker of Oreos. Derek, where do you stand on people using a fork to puncture the cream of an Oreo in order to stick it in the milk without getting their fingers wet? Um, I've never heard of this in my life, and I'm kind of um, aghast at the very idea of bringing in a fork into this equation. Like To me, it seems like a waste of silverware. It is. That's where dishes you have to do. And if you oh. use a plastic fork, then that's just wasteful. Like, <laughs> who is this monster who uses forks? I need to know. I think I saw it in one of those, like, life hack <laughs> idea video or meme images one time. And it stuck in my head because it's such a tragedy. Yeah, what do you mean wasting a fork, though? I, obviously, if it's a plastic fork, but, like, do you consider it a waste of a fork if you have to wash it afterwards? Yeah, that's one more dish you have to do that you didn't have to do before. But the forks and the spoons are, like, the easiest dishes to do. Like, the other ones all splash in my face. Uh, the spoon I mean, is one of the splashiest things yeah. you okay. can wash. If you're and 25 years old and still getting splashed in the face by a spoon, I think we got to work on that. I mean, to me, forks are the worst because sometimes the, like, stuff gets between the uh, tines. Is that what those are called? And then you have to, like, really scrub and get in there and try to get, like, the sponge to go between. Uh, yeah. Forks are a mess. Yeah. Also one of the most dangerous things you can wash. They're pointy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you ever think of that, Matt? I don't know. The most dangerous part of the sink is when you turn it too hot, in my opinion. And that's that's, a, uh, that's not even anything to do with the things you're washing. That's true. When I worked in a kitchen, the thing that I hated doing with the dishes was uh, like the silverware because the knives would get so hot in our like, dryer. Or not dryer, washer. Uh-huh. Like, so much metal to heat up yes it'd be like those youtube videos where they use like a billion degree knife to cut through like furbies or something (laughs) (laughs) i love or like they or they put a heat lamp on and they just watch chocolate melt (laughs) yes those kind of videos are the only reason i still have a snapchat account (laughs) so brave yeah 
Love that. Um, I really actually loved the way the editors handled this because it's like when you think about it, this should not have been a very exciting segment because um, it's just people sitting in a like little square. But um, like that forced them to use a bunch of confessionals, which is always fun because then we get to like hear what their actual thoughts are, which was fun. Yeah, and I like that they're all just mad at Boston Rob. <laughs> yeah. Turns out most of their thoughts are Boston Rob is an asshole. <laughs> and that was like, as a Boston Rob fan, uh, since I began watching Survivor, like, I was frustrated with him just because, like I said, like, his gameplay was was frustrating because it, it felt lazy. It felt like he could have been doing more, like, whether, like... I don't know if he didn't realize at that point that the three of the guys weren't going to work. That's already a problem. Uh, but another problem is like, talk to the girls. Like they, yeah. they, you could get something done there. I don't know what, but like maybe just try to work with them and, and cut the guys, tell them, uh, keep me around because I'm a big target and that's why I'm still in the game anyway. So, you know, people are going to vote me out at the merge. These guys, what do you need them for? Yeah. He right. didn't just cut off the other guy's chances to talk to the girls and strategize, but he doesn't give himself the opportunity to like talk to them, which I guess right. it had been like two days. So if nothing was coming together at that point, maybe he was just cutting his ties and going for what he thought was his best option. But this is dumb if it's his best option. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I'm it's... glad that it gave us the gift of more blurring of the mouth of Sophie Clark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She loves I guess, to swear. I guess... I gotta ask my mom or just any other casuals how they feel about Sophie because obviously uh, Sophie tends to be somebody who um, I think it's is it fair to say she's generally not one of the most like beloved casual uh, people right I don't know um, yeah I would guess that most don't that. remember who she is and had yeah. she didn't had she not come on this show again this season would not know who she is right but I think my mom remembered Sophie more than she remembered Michelle. <sighs> Oh, a queen in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to go off more mom takes, I talked to my mom today and I was telling her that it was all winners. And she was like, well, it's always fun when they have people back who have already played because they know how to play. And I was like, yeah, exactly. But this time it's all winners. So like they like all played like the game before and won. So it's really cool. And she said, oh, is Rupert on? He did not. He did win a million dollars, but that's, that's that yeah and, and then she, i i said boston rob is on and she said oh that guy who married the girl from pittsburgh and i was like yes yeah there you go <laughs> legend amber burgage mariano <laughs> <laughs> yes a legend in your community the pittsburgh game community uh but shall we uh move on into tribal yeah. Yes. I mean, okay, well, this was a this was a this was something that came up uh, with Sarah being like, <laughs> I have this steal a vote. Um, I don't know that this is the best time for me to use it. Uh, a lot of people are saying, Sarah, this is one of the only times it's going to be relevant to the game. Why and not you, give it a go? Right, uh, and you know it will work. Like, <laughs> I guess. I mean, they ended up not needing it, but I don't think that a better opportunity will arise. But I guess we'll see. She's used one before. As I would say, three people that probably aren't Sarah's biggest fans. um, Would you agree that this is Sarah's best season so far? Are we allowed to say that? Um, I mean, her game changer, I like, even though I don't like Sarah, I feel like her game changers game was pretty great. Sorry, so, I should clarify. I meant like as a character. character oh, as a character. Sorry, yeah, I, yes, I didn't make that clear. I mean, Kageyan was fun maybe more fun because she was a mess or well 
she wasn't a mess until the merge episode. But this has been fun just because, I mean, she helped. She's working with Sophie, so that just makes her inherently more fun to me. So yeah. She's yeah, just not annoying I, on the show like she used to. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, at least objectionable. I mean, I, the, the merge episode of Kageon is a really great episode of her, for sure. But I the ongoing character of Sarah Lucina is funnier in this season. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. Well, it's more light I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. She can stick with Sophie. I'll be happy because <laughs> you know that that alliance of four. I you know love Yule, love Sophie, uh, love Wendell. I guess, but uh, just it, it's no, nowhere near exciting television. And uh, this is Winners <laughs> at War, and I need uh, some fireworks. So um, if you know if Sophie can be brought into Cops R Us and and be wrapped in the antics of Tony and Sarah, then I'd be here for it. Oh yeah. I mean, we talked about Tony as her coach before, so it could happen. I that'd be fine for fine with me. Before we go to tribal, I do like getting confirmation that Sarah gave Sophie back the other half of the idol. Yes. Pretty good. <laughs> uh Sophie's armed. Yes, she is. <laughs> armed. Oh, that's what she said the wiggly feeling. Yes, in case she had a wiggly feeling, yes. But then she said, she, sometimes you got to trust the wink, which also I thought was a pretty good episode title. So I don't know what they were thinking. Matt, how did you feel about this tribal? I like the smaller tribals after yeah. getting so many episodes of like big 10 person things. This was like very good. Tiny mm-hmm. people. Um. Uh, yeah, I like it, too. It's Definitely a lot more intense knowing that, you know, because it, it feels like you're down to like the final five, uh, but obviously you're not. Mm-hmm. So um, it was fun to watch, I guess, the women on this tribe because you had to figure out if this edit was. What are you laughing at? I just think that uh, it's fun to watch the women on this tribe is exact is the, our, that's the bitter jurors, yeah. I guess. Um, it was just fun to watch, or not fun to watch them, but like it was interesting to watch them because the, going into tribal, I, I think I tweeted this, just like I've never felt more sure in my entire career of watching this show, I would say, that the person going home was going to be who I thought it was going to be. I, you know, it seemed like it was set up to be Rob from the second this episode started. Like just with his first confessional, uh, it seemed like he was overconfident and then his gameplay was just spiraling and it just seemed like it was going to be him. Um, so watching the women and seeing if they actually did feel comfortable. And then obviously they were like playing with him and he was kind of buying right into it. And they were like, well, we wish we had a chance. Uh, and yeah. he was like, yeah, well, the system works. So it's good. <laughs> It was also right after they got back from the challenge, Sandra and Sarah and Sophie had a meeting. Sarah and Sophie, yeah. They were like, okay, who do you feel comfortable with? Who do you feel comfortable with? They were like, I feel comfortable with Adam and Ben. And the other one was like, yeah, same. (laughs) It was was pretty writing on the wall for Rob. How do you feel about um, there being a crack in everything? And (laughs) you have to figure out if the crack is big enough to wedge your fingers into it and open it up and see if it can get wide, wide as wide as possible to be able to find your way in. Say crack again. Uh, crack. <laughs> I actually take issue with the word crack. Sophie's <laughs> <laughs> no. is... like, this whole crack thing, we've taken it too far. We need to pivot to something else. Yeah, she's like, we can't keep talking about cracks. Fingering, <laughs> like, once we get to the fingering the cracks, we got to move on to something else. She wants. She wants. She doesn't care about crack. 
He wants to build alliances. Yeah, crack is whack. That's what Sophie says. And Jeff is still stuck in his like thirty nine season thirty nine speeches of like we're learning something new. I'm learning something that I shouldn't be saying again, and maybe this is on me. And he's still uh, still talking like that. Oh God, this isn't that serious, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Well, I'm glad I wasn't there for any of that. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was bad. Uh, anyway. Yeah, God. Happy thoughts. Good episode. Um, <laughs> good, good season. Good season. I was really, I thought Sophie's like framing of Voss and Rob's win. Okay, she okay. First, she was like, my season was like two warring alliances. Um, like like what did she say? Mob families. Two mob families. When it was just her pagonging the other side, <laughs> and then then she was like, but Boss and Rob, like he like like controlled his whole tribe, like made i don't even remember what she was saying but she's just like they played the exact same game basically but like she really really played up how awful of a human being boston rob is and <laughs> like was just like but my season was totally different i was besties with everyone and everyone loved me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i believe her <laughs> how how good did it feel for sophie clark to go to tribal council and vote out rob i mean uh you know that she, you know, regardless of how the season plays out, she's going to uh, hold on to that for a long time. Oh, yeah. She's the reigning dragon slayer. She killed the Rob father. What can't she do? Yeah. And, yeah, now I, I uh, feel like Sarah is going to be maybe back to being a little insufferable now because now she has Sandra and Rob both uh, on her trophy case. Oh, that's true. her wall. <laughs> Her butt. She chopped their butts off and hung them over the fireplace. Is that what she said? No, I was quoting SpongeBob. <laughs> clearly. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I got the reference, but I wasn't positive, so I just stayed quiet. <laughs> Everyone should know references to the greatest episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, the painting episode. That is a great episode. Yeah, except Kirsten. True. Kirsten does not know SpongeBob. Hi, Kirsten. We love you. Love you. I mean, maybe I love you a little less now because of that, but I still love you. What were we talking about? <laughs> I'm already cracking up, like, beginning to think about us talking about this scene, but it's in that same episode where Patrick keeps putting the dollar into the vending machine. And that, I, that is my favorite. I'm yelling hungover. at him to stop. Yes, that's, I think, the peak, like, my favorite um, hungover moment is, like, still being, like, a little tipsy the next morning with my friends and just, like, literally losing my entire shit to that scene of him just shoving the dollar into the vending machine. Bob yells. Hilarious. It is. (laughs) I can can go through that whole episode beat by beat, basically. (laughs) Uh, But we won't do that here. Maybe Spongebob uh, recaps next week. We'll do, here's what we'll do. We'll do episode recap, Edric, RuPaul's Drag Race, and then we watched an episode of Spongebob and we'll talk about it and laugh through it. I love that. <laughs> this is becoming more my podcast to, to listen to uh, by, the, by the episode segment. Love it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, goodbye, Boston Rob. And uh, he leaves his fire tokens to Par- Parvati. Arrivederci, Denver Diva. He's off to the edge of extinction where... Uh, notably, all three of us are big fans of The Edge of Extinction and uh, excited to see that uh, next episode. I right. think that that will be a good scene, though. Like, Amber and Rob reuniting. Um, not that I'm saying anything good about Edge of Extinction. Yeah, but you are. 
<laughs> hey, that could have happened on Ponderosa too. Or maybe she's pre-jury. The they boat. don't have pre-jury Ponderosa. We well, would... that's on them. They should. <laughs> That'd be good too. It's gonna be not just that, but like Rob, I think, is mad at Tyson maybe a little bit because Tyson voted out Amber. Or I mean, not that he really has any reason to be because it was self-preservation, but uh, that'll be something. And it seemed like there was some kind of drama that goes down there. So yeah, because he got that information or. I, maybe he like li- maybe they lied to her lied to him about who it was, but they blamed it all on Tyson for Amber yeah. getting voted out. Good for them. And you know <laughs> yeah. who's still on Edge of Extinction? Danny Boatwright. <laughs> she's I just find it funny that she's still there, like completely uninvolved in anything else in the game. She's right. on the edge. Like I'm how sorry. sad. Was it? Yes. How sad she... was it though when she sent her advantage to Denise and we were like what relationship is that like where did that come from <laughs> have no idea anything about danny her friendship her family her life her game anything <laughs> poor woman yeah she's as under edited this season where presumably she's talking about her strategy as she was <laughs> if she wasn't yeah. well we know for a fact she's seen plenty of people run too fast at the beginning of a marathon <laughs> That's her strategy, knowing and we that. All, and we also know that a fire token is not comparable to a baby. That's true. <laughs> She's been giving us confessional gold. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, I, see, I see Danny girl. I look the other way. Oof. Ouchie. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and then, okay, here's, I think, my biggest question of the entire episode is did they get someone to write a winners at war theme song for this season did we all notice this what and in during the next time on survivor there's like a song it's like a woman singing it and i swear she is singing the lyrics winners at war she is yeah like what the hell is that did they commission a woman to make a song called winners at war i don't see ya yeah well the the song that uh led into most of the promos um what was it whatever that tune was that is not in my head right now uh jeff said in an interview that they had someone customly like make that song (laughs) that's not how you phrase it customly make a song uh they like commissioned (laughs) the song right so it was made for those promos so it was probably the same woman oh god that just is like i don't even know how to describe how that makes me feel like what is survivor becoming (laughs) we don't have time to do an actual intro anymore but we have time to get this like cheesy novelty song made listen if you got a, a friend and they show you to jeff probst he will uh take whatever talents you got and either put you on the <laughs> show or uh make you write a song like when, when who is ever gonna listen to this song outside of the show like oh hell yeah i'm gonna listen to winners at war <laughs> like that emotion doesn't transfer to any other part of your life other than this season of survivor <laughs> i think they're just going for their own theme song i don't think that they're desperate for those 99 cents on they itunes stream we need to stream <laughs> yeah <laughs> winners at war streaming party it's on the dragons next upcoming album <laughs> Sorry, that was just, like, I was completely flabbergasted by that. It was, like, the same emotion as seeing that clip of Sarah Palin on The Masked Singer. Just, like, whoa, this is the world we live in. Crazy. <laughs> on the, uh, the My favorite part of The Next Time on Survivor is Adam saying, the Wicked Witch is dead. And then it cuts to, like, the girls taking their clothes off. Yeah, woo! <laughs> so funny. Spring break. Winter's at woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it did seem like he was an awful presence to be around strategically, uh, mm-hmm. so I can imagine that they're all thrilled that he's not there anymore. 
maybe going back to that a little bit though like i think it makes like it, it kind of feels obvious that they would vote rob out but also like didn't adam and ben maybe just sign up for like a 50 50 chance of going home next they did it's like, like, I think that just shows that they aren't very good at this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably best would have been to stick with Rob strategically. Uh, and not get their already very severely down in the numbers. Original Tribe even more down in the numbers. I forgot about that part of it. Yeah. Like, unless... Uh, you know, I guess there, it's always possible that maybe we didn't see, like, maybe uh, Sa- uh, Savra and Sophie told them, like, we have advantages and something will come out, so you better just vote with us anyway. We will fuck um, you up. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Maybe, like, if you guys stick with us, we'll use the stuff that we have and, you know, go forward together. I don't know. But either way. I don't know. Yeah. I think Rob just shot himself in the foot. Yeah, plus, I mean... We saw two tribes are going to tribal cancel, and do we really think that the screen tribe is going to win that <laughs> that challenge? Nope. <laughs> so goodbye, Ben or Adam, I guess. Cause I would like if they could lose the challenge twice. <laughs> it's just that that would be the ideal outcome. They're yeah, just like you know what, you guys sucked so bad, you guys could just go ahead and send Ben and Adam to Edge. Why not? Matt, what do you think the setup of next week's? tribals will be like the format of what they're gonna do yeah i I, because when i was watching it when i read when i saw the preview i my assumption was just that one tribe was gonna win and we were gonna have one tribal and then another tribal but then we were talking earlier and it seemed like i was pretty much the only person who took it that way really that's how i thought it yeah, I, I feel like the reaction was pretty split. I saw people on Twitter saying, oh, it's a combined tribal, and then also plenty of people who are, you know, worried because it seems like both tribes, you know, two tribes are locked to go to tribal, so either Tony or Parvati may be on the outs, and, you know, it could be in danger. So um, I guess my best guess would be that it makes sense to send two people to the edge with the numbers, uh, but Survivor being Survivor, and they love their joint tribal councils, you know, I really, I don't know. Yeah, because I just like the way it was phrased. It was two tribes are going to tribal council and voting someone off. Like, I don't know. To me, it sounds like it's two different tribals. And like, we, like there's a million vote vote offs we have to get through this season. So they have to have a double episode here. So a double boot episode here. Like, it just makes Sa- the most sense. Yeah, Sam was Unless saying. Unless it's a combined tribal, but they vote off any two people can be voted off, which would be complete insanity. Oh, that would be a mess. I think they um, just did that on Australian Survivor. I was just yeah. going to say, that, that would be very like Australian it. Survivor. So Wait, uh, but you were quoting me? Oh. Yes. Uh, Sam, you were saying earlier that you have been dreaming of a world where uh, they have two pre-merge tribal councils like this. Yeah, um, they used to, like, in Heroes vs. Villains, they definitely had both tribes go to tribal. Like, they had a double boot. Like, I just don't understand why they do these late game double episodes where it, that's the those are the scenes I like want to see the most, but they just brush past them because they have to get through two eliminations in an episode later, which they've been doing lately. But like, I think that pre-merge is perfect for this kind of thing where it's just like, yeah, blow through this. Like, I don't care. Let's get to the merge and like have interesting episodes. Right. And I definitely prefer I prefer them doing it here rather than like, oh, we're at the final 10. We're going to split you guys into halves. And uh, that sucks. That's that's terrible. I mean, you take the entire dynamic of the merch tribe and just completely mess with it for 
no good reason other than two people have to go home. I forgot that that was something they do because I tried to put it out of my mind as soon as it happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, does Missy win Survivor if uh, season thirty nine? If not for that, I don't know. But oh, did that happen in that season? Yeah, they did that. Jesus. Uh And then there. Okay, well, that tribal was. I mean, the post vote out of that is actually pretty funny, or not funny, but like an interesting moment. But anyway, we're not gonna harp on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I brought up that season twice (laughs) than I should have tonight. It's okay. I kind of like the idea of it becoming like my um like hidden lore that I don't know about the show that I used to know everything about. It's the one, it's the, your one calling, your calling card of not knowing anything about Island of the Idols. Yeah, yeah, it's very I tantalizing. I, would, I don't know if I would feel good about not having watched a season with uh, every single episode having Dean Kowalski, but you do you. Uh, I mean, I got, I got the picture in this room. <laughs> and you got the pictures. Yes, I, can, I have access to Google image search. I think I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at one point uh, we were matt and i were sitting next to each other at the know-it-alls for island of the idols and i don't even remember what episode that is or no it was when nora went to the island anyway there's a scene where something else is going on completely and dean walks in the foreground of what's going on and matt and i turn to each other and we we're just like oh my god <laughs> just like sense sensing each other we need to like interact about what we just saw <laughs> And I, I just have to hope that, like, there was, like, two other people in the room that also might have had that interaction. Like, we can't be the only ones that were, uh, were on that wavelength. But Plenty of gays at that event. I'm sure some uh, some other pair were making contact about that. Horny oh, eye contact. We're on the Being horny for Tommy and Dean has brought me many great things. And, <laughs> uh, we, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good energy to use. Hey. Uh, yeah. matt how are you feeling r.i.p boston rob like what is your ultimate thought on the loss i'm sad that he's gone because i am a boston rob fan but you know what in terms of this season uh there was not much else for for his story there was not much else to to be done with his game like he wasn't making any progress and as boston rob the you know the, the, it's the same kind of thing with the, the other big players, Tony, Sarah, not sorry, Sarah, the the S's, they're so hard to get yeah. right. Uh, Tony, Sandra, Kim, like all of these big players, once they all go out, if they go out, it's going to make sense because of course you vote out that person from Survivor. Um, so, you know, of course, Boston Rob was going to go out at some point. It felt like we got maybe more episodes of him than we would have expected. And, you know, I wanted to see this season so bad to see Rob and Amber back on Survivor together. So I guess I'm getting that for the majority of the season. And I don't know if I can complain. Sam can. <laughs> I can't this episode. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I, I could not believe that Sam was shitting on the last week with all the emotional all right. and all that stuff. And uh, I cried, cried, cried. Sam, I didn't. I did. I, it was bad. It was this bad. is well-tread territory. We, we, we I, I know, but I, I mean, Sam if this is a robot, shot up podcast, I have to just express my disbelief. I yeah. am not a robot. That is not my uh, vibe. Okay. <laughs> that robot are just wrong about the edge of extinction in Survivor Season 40. <laughs> I may be monotonous for a lot of my life, but I would not classify myself as non-emotional. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, I think we've all uni- unanimously agreed you are wrong, but um, that's I think that's that on that. <laughs> 
So um, do we want to plug before we go into EDGIC or any other non-EDGIC-y thoughts? Sure. Yeah, Matt, anything else you want to say before we lose people? Do we lose people? Do we, uh, have we heard? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're not looking at the numbers. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we're losing you, then no, don't follow me on social media. <laughs> not well, even going to say where to go if they want to betray you? Well, I, I think they should listen to the whole podcast or, uh, I don't Walk know. off, basically. Wow. Yeah. Well, you go follow me twice on Twitter <laughs> at Reindeerix, um, hey. as per usual. And I'm at Sam Stanish. I have another podcast for it on the streets. You'll hear all about it on the Twitter if you follow me and Instagram. Um, you can follow but, me on social media at Matt Ligori on Twitter and, I don't know, I guess Instagram, but like Twitter. He caved. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Matt, tell us about your thoughts on Edric. What are your, like, what is your background with Edric? Do you even want to be here for this part of the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my background on Edric is that I've been trying uh, for the past couple of seasons, and the only time that I got it right was Tommy <laughs> in recent <laughs> memory, and that's because it was extremely obvious uh this season if this season i have not been following edgic the only edgic that i've been consuming is uh this segment and the uh dom and colin <laughs> segment so i've been enjoying hearing things because most of the stuff stuff i like look for while i watch the episode or i read about afterwards on like the edgic reddit or message boards or whatever um but it's I'm not I'm not seeking that out this season, but I'm still letting you guys tell me about it. So it's it's been a different kind of experience. Um, I just don't like I want to enjoy this season as much as possible for like the pure season that it is. Um, and I'm trying to not do the digging, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, um, but still happy to talk about it. Yeah, you're not looking to put your fingers in the crack and look, take a look inside. Not tonight. No, <laughs> the whole of Edric uh, and see what's going on. um but yes so uh do we want to get into how sophie is continuing to win this game (laughs) absolutely i am i mean before this episode i was like very excited about her edit but this episode just really i mean she just seems like the main character to me which is i mean worrying but also like i am obsessed with it um i didn't i mean i feel like i didn't have a lot of very specific edric notes this episode i think i uh just not not as many things popped out to me, but I think that for the most part, like Sophie just had great content. Uh, the thing we talked about earlier with like going with the flow and like trusting the wink and like not listening to what she said off the island and like just being in the moment here in the game is all great stuff for a winner. Yeah, that all feels those feel like winner confessionals. Like those are the things you can imagine her saying in like the winner montage at the end, which I don't think they do anymore. But yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of, like Sam said, a lot of my notes are more about, like, very, like, um, short-term thoughts I had. Like, um, like the fact that we get uh, Wendell and, like, everyone on Blue talking about, like, oh, this tribe looks strong. Um, we're probably just going to win it out. So that, to me, says, like, they're probably not going to go to tribal until, like, I think that tribe, we're not going to lose anyone from that tribe before oh, Merge. would love that. Right. I mean, that's what... And then I think it's even reinforced by Nick saying, like, glad I didn't get green. Like, that to me, like, I feel like green probably is going to end up there next week again, too. Um, And then I feel like my only other notes, like you said, like, Sophie had an amazing episode. Um, Like, she 
was like the main character of this tribe. Uh, she we got another great pair for her, which is always a good sign for winners is uh, like having a pair. Like we got the Yule and Sophie pair before, and now she has like a pair in Sarah, which is also great. Um, yeah, this was a great for but, so- Sophie. So tell me this though, I, one thing that Colin points out that I uh, do look out for or just agree with him about is uh, winners need to have that personal content. What has Sophie had? Um, I would say she has as much co- personal content at this point as Sarah had in Game Changers at this point. Um, like, Sarah did not have personal content in Game Changers until the Zeke and Varner, like, that whole thing. That was her first bit of personal content. So I would say if we get to, like, I think I think, I think I mentioned this some other time, but, um, like, to me, if we don't get personal content by merge, then we should be worried. But... Mm-hmm. For now, I don't think it's, like, huge for me. I don't know. And I also just worry about Sophie because I feel like, like we said earlier, people probably didn't remember her very well or still might not. Uh, and I just don't feel like there was a whole lot of setup. for. So- I'm sorry to, like, you know, put a... Uh, no, yeah, these know. are great points. But just the fact that, like, we weren't reminded really of Sophie. I feel like uh, any kind of talking about, like, you know, I played with Coach. I beat Coach. I beat a big player in this game, and I'm not afraid to try to take down other big players in the game uh, because we know that Coach is as good of a player as any of these other winners. But um, I don't know. I feel like I definitely see Sophie going far. I feel like she's got the legs to to definitely make it to even the finale. Uh, but I don't know if I see her as the winner. I also just know, per- like, from outside of the game sources that, like, I mean, herself, that it does seem like it would be easy to slide in like a confessional about her being about to get married now. And like, Mm -hmm. just like there's there's stuff in her life that was going on that, like, it would be understandable to put in if if they if she if they she was giving that or like if they wanted to. Right. Right. I think those are good points. Yeah. And so I guess we should talk about someone else that I like think we everyone is keeping around, which is Tony. And he had um, a solid episode this like. Um, nothing in this episode really knocked Tony down at all. Like he seems to have a really good reading on his current tribe. Um, he's continuing this theme of um, like not being crazy Tony or whatever, or just being like friendly Tony or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's between those two for sure. Um, and I think they both had really good episodes. Michelle also had a good episode, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, this is the magic, but, like, how does Tony get out of next week if right. they go to Tribal? I feel like it's just Sandra goes instead of him would be the she thing, She has an idol. Right? Oh. She has an idol, and it, it expires after next week, so she's got to play it. Like, Sandra is safe next week. Oh, it does expire. Oh. Maybe he goes to Edge I don't, and comes back? I don't know. I don't know about that. I but mean, I mean, or maybe well, Kim sticks with them. Like, Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, plus, yeah, I feel like... It, like I don't know, Tony could be getting like Tyson. Like Tyson had wintery content for like most of his time on the actual like show. Um, so this could be another instance of Tony has these great things going for him, and then he just ends up on edge anyway. Yeah, that's something that I have thought about slash am worried about. I just feel like it's it's if 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 Sandra is safe, I'm assuming that Sandra's safe. Tony's the one that doesn't have the advantage, uh, and. You have people like Kim and Denise who should probably feel like they don't need to use their idol. So maybe does Denise get caught without an idol and then, but like Kim's not going to want to vote her out. 
Uh, Jeremy maybe doesn't use his safety without power because he thinks Kim is with him. And I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, uh again, this isn't edgy, so sorry about that. But, um, no, that's edgy. No, I think because yeah. <laughs> so, part of it is logic is just thinking, like, well, would that even make sense? Like, how would that happen in the game? Yeah. Um, so, unless um, but Sandra I, I plays her idol on Tony. Oh, that could happen. She would never. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone but Tony. That's her new catchphrase. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. I I get that. I agree with that. I I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Yule edit, and there's, um, I don't know, there's really not a whole lot of, like, strong contenders, I would say, outside of that. Tyson was up there, but Tyson's gone now, right? Yeah, I would say it's, like, Sophie, Tony, Yule, um, Michelle's kind of hanging in there. I um, just like don't agree. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see. I don't see. What I feel like you can't ignore Michelle, but I don't like. I think we can all agree she's at least making it to the finale. Like she's one of the main characters of the show so yeah. far. I was gonna um, say main character also, but I think that all of her content is l- losing finalist or final. Right, but you still would have to rank her edgically over people who are like not gonna be in the game until like for merge like I that's mean, like just I, how edgic should work like, i disagree though because i'm <laughs> viewing her specifically as someone who can't win whereas I, I have like no feelings about other people which are i mean they're the same thing to me. they're the same level to me because i'm seeing her as someone who can't win but i'm also seeing someone who's not getting any content as someone who can't win so right. i think that they're basically the same she's the same level to me as like wendell and nick uh, I guess my viewing is like I'm if I'm ranking them and I have to rank them one by one, I'm gonna put the person who has a storyline over the person who doesn't, if that makes sense. So that's why I would say Michelle's in that group of people that you should keep your eye on at least like they're gonna be there a while. It yeah, makes I would, sense. I, would, I agree with that. It's just it's just a different way of thinking it. Where I'm thinking of it as tiers, and then you're just doing a ranking. Right. So let's just agree to disagree with what you're saying. And <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, anyone besides those people, um, like Adam, I think everyone agrees. Like he, it's like has big uh, losing final finalist energy. Like I saw someone describe yeah. it as Hannah Shapiro esque. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, definitely not Adam. I I feel like. That entire original blue tribe, it's just nobody's standing out to me as a possibility. I mean, uh, Jeremy and Denise would have to be like the closest things, and both of them have been quieter than you would have than you would expect from a winner. Obviously, right. I would love to say that Parvati could be up there. Uh, this episode was like the first time that I feel like she was a noticeable presence aside of being part of the, uh, the old schooler Alliance. So, uh, I don't feel great about that. So it does feel like it's gotta be somebody or not gotta be, but it feels like it's somebody on the red tribe. Um, yeah. so I don't yeah, know. Have we talked about uh, complex tribe theory on here? That's we a big, like, edgic thingy where like basically, uh, at the beginning, like in the beginning of the season, you should be able to tell there's a complex tribe and there's a less complex tribe. And I think we all agree red was the more complex of the two. Um, I mm-hmm. don't like, I'm sure there's like one exception to the rule, but like for the most part, complex tribe theory, like has proven true pretty much throughout. Um, so yeah, I think it's red is like your safest bet if you're putting money on it. I've never really understood what the difference between complex and simple tribes are. Um, I guess to me, how I look at it is, like, if you have a better understanding of the tribe dynamics and it's not, like, a simplified view. Like, we talked about how Blue was 
originally just seemingly just old school versus new school, but then it turned out that it was more complicated than that. The fact that, like, um, the dynamics seem to switch based on whatever the storyline of the episode needs it to be, whereas with Red Tribe, we just knew where everyone kind of stood from the very beginning, and that, that sort of tracks through the episode. Right, um, like, like, I feel like the best example is probably, like, in David versus Goliath, where the only thing we knew about the Goliath tribe for a while was that, like, Kara and Dan were, like, a couple or whatever that was. Yeah. Like, there was nothing else happening on there, really, that mattered until they, you know, until the swap or the merge or whatever. Um, so, like, sometimes you just literally get nothing from one tribe unless you have to. Um, so, right. yeah, there, there definitely is something to that. Yeah, and Millennials versus Gen X, I think, is a good, another good example where Millennials, we got a good view of, like, how mm-hmm. that tribe worked, whereas Gen X, it was, like, first episode um this guy's the uh it was like is lucy the i don't know someone was a dictator lucy, in the first Paul episode Walker, like that whole group like how did yeah that... lucy it was like someone was a someone else was C-C? a dictator C-C each is episode a was on survivor C-C. one of the worst tribes ever assembled yeah it was in just like mind. and people call that season so good oh hey not on this not on this oh, podcast, you know? <laughs> that is blasphemy on these in these streets oh. um but yeah, so that's basically complex. Then it's also like beauty tribe for Michelle. Like we got a lot of info about like the dynamics of that tribe that we didn't that never ended up paying off because they never went to tribal. So it's we, like we absolutely did not need. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's basically what complex tribe theory is, and I would agree red is clearly the more complex of the two. Okay, yeah. so I guess what we're saying is Sophie, Tony, Yule, and then big gap fill in here but hey yeah. i mean this is edge of extinction season and uh and edge of extinction season and spent a lot of time doing edgic back in season 38 and that oh. went to nowhere so yeah they have to, i don't yeah it's like hard to say well they would be editing edgic or edge this way if the winner were on there it's like chris was bare like chris was on edge the entire season and we barely saw it that season i feel like so it's hard, impossible to say how it's they would completely edit. impossible. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of Natalie. Uh, we have obviously plenty of Ethan, which does seem to be a little bit more about you know his his story and all that kind of stuff. But so I mean, I guess you could say Natalie and Tyson still somewhat in contention. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. My my theory before the season was uh, you know that. Uh, with all the stuff about end edge of extinction and Wiggler talking about, I think it's back for next season. My only reasoning why I could have understood why edge of extinction would be back for another season is if the winner of this season did not come from the edge, because I cannot imagine that Probst and all of them would have said, let's do another edge season. If the winner has now been two times the person who comes back from the edge, um, so if that was a reality that they were actually considering it, I was like, all right, there's no chance the person from Edge wins. Um, but now they're also saying no more Edge, so I don't know if that means anything. Right. Yeah, I feel like I've given up on like trying to read what Jeff Probst is like thinking anymore. <laughs> like there's a while there where we thought we could tell who was going to win based on just how Jeff felt about a season, but yeah. hey, has... for a while it worked. It did for like two seasons, and then it stopped working. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, any other edgy thoughts? No, I feelings? think that's it for me. Yeah. Any hopes, dreams for the future, Matt? Uh, just a lot of CP fives for Parvati until she's gone, <laughs> whenever that is. Yes, complex Parvati fives. We yes, need those. Yes. 
<laughs> CPP, Ethan. I'll say. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I would agree with that. Yeah. That's a good prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Her Amen. and Michelle. Put them, yes. give them both some some uh, some nice blue pictures or column. More par- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. More parv shell. We need yes. it. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah, they're together now, so it's easy to get them content all at once. Yes. <laughs> but uh, any other final thoughts, Sam, before we head on out? No, I think that this was a great episode. Everyone's been saying it's the oh, best episode yeah. of the season. Like, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to compare it to the premiere because it was a double, like, two-hour episode. But since then, um, just so fun. Great scenes on every beach. Uh, the swap was really great. Really mixed everything up. Uh, love seeing Sophie get her way once again. <laughs> and I'm excited about next week. Me too. All yeah. that. <laughs> Very fun. I loved the episode. And I loved getting to come on the Bitter Jurors podcast. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Of course, Matt. Uh, one of the premier bloggers on Rob Has a Podcast. Check out his power rankings with Victoria and Gavin every week. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I didn't, are, yeah. Are you doing the thing where... There's points. No, uh, never, never did that because I didn't want to completely steal the Gordon Holmes power ranking style. <laughs> Fair. And then, uh, you know, turn the blog into something else for a couple seasons, and then turned it back into this, but still did not want to steal Gordon Holmes's thing. So I was a big fan of the five four three two one. Survive, survive, right. survive four three two one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, appreciate that, and uh, so was I. I definitely enjoyed writing less. Uh, so I uh, will be back to that next season, assuming uh, next season happens, uh, coronavirus. But True. Oh, yep. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that to happen. But in the meantime, I needed to make sure that I could talk about like every single person on this cast for every week of the season. So that's where the uh, rankings came back. But yeah, so check those out. That's I guess it's plug time again. <laughs> check that, that out. And you can yeah. follow him at Matt Ligori. It's a little hard to spell, but it's not too difficult. <laughs> so the guy who couldn't find me on Skype for the first uh, 20 minutes Ooh. tonight. I don't know what was happening. I think that it was a Skype issue, not a my spelling mm. issue, because I did double check that I was spelling it correctly because it was taking a while, but it, I was. Exposed. Oh. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Sam. Please yes. follow me. If you are not, that'd be great. Yeah. And as, as always, you can follow me on Reindeerics, R-E-I-N-D-E-E-O, too many E's. I don't know. Spell <laughs> reindeer and then add E-K-S at the end. That's how you get to me. And I'm at Sam Stanish on Twitter and Instagram. Once again, a great podcast. I do a second one, uh, Word on the Straits, with my friend Joe McMahon. We talk about straight culture, different topic, different, usually comedian guest every week. Uh, oh, this is going to be too late, but... We're trying out a new studio space this weekend. Uh, we're going to actually be broadcasting live. So uh, I'll have to start oh. rolling out the promotion for that. But you've got you got to download an app and you can listen to us. That's all you got to do. Just download a free app uh, and you can, called Storm Audio. And you can listen to Word on the Straits live. On, I mean, this is just for you guys at this point because we don't have <laughs> future times. But on at uh, noon EST this weekend, we'll be live. Uh, nice. But it, that'll be old news by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> so just listen every Thursday on Word on the Straits. And hey, uh, one more one more reminder: uh, if anyone has not seen the uh, 
links and all that kind of stuff, there's plenty of spots out on the internet right now to donate to the ALS uh, fundraising going on. So I know they have that up on Facebook. I think Yule himself has that fundraiser up, which is almost at like $20,000, which is pretty incredible. So check that out or, you know, cbs.com just in case you needed the reminder. I forgot to mention this earlier, but I obviously knew about ALS from the Ice Bucket Challenge. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, that's a good idea. And also, um, this will date this podcast, I'm sure. But um, also, you know, <laughs> social distancing and all that, you know, uh, yeah. make sure you're washing your hands. Uh, what is it? 20 seconds or sing happy birthday twice or whatever. Or the Roxy Andrews verse of Ready Wrote You. Oh, Ooh. yes. I, I didn't that. realize that fit so well. <laughs> but yes, don't touch your face. Don't touch other people's faces. You know, all that stuff. Stay healthy, stock up on dry goods. Um, yes. Oh, and we'll obviously have to have Matt back uh, later in the BB Can season uh, just yes. to do more pods about that because I'm actually, I'm really excited about Big Brother Canada. Uh, it's really good. So was I, and then I just found out who won HOH. <gasps> oh. Can you I'm tell me ha- who it is? Yeah, it's, it was Sheldon. I'm not, I'm not happy about it because... He's not going to go after Kyle, and he's not going to go after Chris. He's going to go after three of the the three left from the outside of that alliance, and that's going to be a very boring week. I'm fine with it. Uh, <laughs> that's so boring. I want the I want the alliance to eat itself already, and uh, oh, whatever. All of my favorite people are working together, and I don't want that to ever stop. Well, yeah. um, BB can spoilers that are probably not spoilers anymore by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> they won't be because the HOH episode will have happened. By the time people are listening to this, it'll be like the veto meeting, which is like halfway oh. week. More. Yeah, with yeah. the way Big Brother is, there have already been like five evictions by the time this episode comes out or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> how like two more quits, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess that's it for us. Um, yeah. Bye, y'all. Matt, thank you so much again. Uh, Great episode, great podcast. We did it. We did it. (laughs) Wash your hands. Yes. Please wash your hands.